Baby, baby, baby. I can't believe it. My favorite time of the year is now here a little later than anticipated, but everything's been delayed and uh, we have to understand that for sure. Uh, golf courses finally open in Ottawa, Ontario. My goal this year is 100 rounds. I, I, I didn't play a lot of golf last year. Did not play a lot of golf last year. I uh, was training my son a lot and really did not play a lot. But this year, 100 rounds, 100 rounds. And I promise, I promise I will get down to low single digit handicap. That's my goal, at least. Right now, I'm probably playing at about 12 or 13, but my goal is around a six or a seven. Welcome to Unfiltered with Matthew Barnaby. I'm Matthew Barnaby. A great show today. I can't wait for my guest to get here. Oh, one of my favorites uh, to fight uh, pound for pound, I believe, to be one of the toughest that's ever played the game. A very unique story on how he got to the National Hockey League. But um, now, one of my good friends, uh, one of the guys I respect most after the game in what he does in the media, uh, truly a great guy. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit of COVID quarantine. We're starting to loosen up all over the United States, all over Canada, uh, starting to loosen up where we are uh, in general, what we can do. So that's a good sign that we're getting back to some kind of normalcy. Want to get my cool bets. I, I, I'm killing it. I'm killing it. I'm not the biggest UFC guy, and, and I'm not going to claim to be uh, the guru uh, of UFC fighting, gambling. I'm more of an NFL guy, college football guy, certainly NHL and golf. Uh, but UFC, I've been leaning on a lot of guys and uh, killing it. I am up eight units already through two weeks, and Saturday we have – more UFC to get to. It's big. Golf. Golf is coming back. We're starting to see charity matches. Uh, we're going to get some Ricky Fowler, DJ, McElroy, Wolf. Then we get Tiger and Phil Mickelson, Brady and Peyton Manning uh, going against each other next week. So charity matches raising great money for charity but also an opportunity for us to be able to put some money in gamble because i love my cool bet we're going to talk nhl playoff format nhl is coming back i've thought all along that they are coming back and we need some nhl in our lives we need a stanley cup champion uh it's coming back it's just how are they going to come back it's going to be weird again you watch ufc it's fucking weird. You know, you hear everything in the stands um, or you don't hear anything in the stands, which makes it very awkward, but it, it is what it is. It, it truly is what it is. It's where we are, but it's going to be weird, but it's going to be great. And I'm excited for NHL to get back. What format are we going to have? Is it going to have an asterisk? Are we going to consider it an asterisk beside the Stanley Cup champion this year when they do come back? So it's certainly not going to be like we've expected. Seven-game series, 16 teams. We know that there is going to be a different dynamic. And draft, what's that going to look like? It's going to be virtual. 
We know that, uh, but certainly all those players, and I'm going to interview some players in the coming weeks that prepare for their NHL draft. So without further ado, my guest today, one of my favorites, uh, pound for pound, maybe the toughest guy that ever laced up the skates in the National Hockey League. Welcome to Unfiltered with Matthew Barnaby. PJ Stock, how are you today? That's a solid start. I like the intro. I, uh, <laughs> I'm good. I'm sold. Okay. Let's You're wrap good? it up and call it a day. <laughs> wrap it up? Hey, be- before we even go on to there, like, seriously, your path to the National Hockey League is is different than, than most guys. Usually guys go and they play major junior or NCAA. They sign their NHL contract and pow, right to the NHL. You played close to where I live, near Ottawa, where my son played with the Pembroke Lumber Kings, then went to the Quebec League, tore it up there and – put up, I think, 350-some-odd minutes and 400-and-some-odd minutes in that league. Talk about your path to the National Hockey League. Well, it's actually funny. I was in uh, in Victor where you were before. So it's kind of – I think – do you own the most minutes? Uh, most minutes for Victoriaville of all time? You know what? I only, I was only there a short time, but it would have ended where it was there. So it was like 476 my last year, but I probably only have 140 minutes with Victoriaville. But that last year, oh, okay. I did have 476. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so you know, I was kind of funny past how they all kind of we all kind of met in the same spot, but I was um wasn't really that good of a hockey player growing up. I wasn't a big kid, and I just had uh, just a work ethic that I wanted to – you know, my dream was not never to play pro. My dream was to go to an American university, grew up watching Notre Dame football on Saturdays with my dad, and uh, that was something that – American university, that education, we thought that was the, that was the, the goal. That was beautiful. If you can get a scholarship to the yeah. States – that's that's it, and I think that's the mentality a lot of us had back then. So I left home at 17, ended up going to Pembroke, Ontario, which was, uh, funny enough, rewind before Pembroke. I was playing a midget double-A, and uh, my coach was a guy named Sandy Purdy. And Sandy's son, Brad, was playing out in Weyburn, Saskatchewan. And uh, Brad had an unbelievable year, and, and Brad got a scholarship to the University of Maine. And uh, his, the coach of the Weyburn team goes to Brad's dad, Sandy. He's like, do you have any other guys like your son, you know, from where you guys are? We'd love to, you know, have him come out this way. And he's like, I got one for sure. He's like, come see him, PJ. So he flies in to see us at a, a, kind of a hockey school called Northern Elite back in the day, where a lot of American universities used to come. A couple of junior major teams would come see us play. And, he comes in, and my coach, Sandy Purdy, has, has a bunch of our team teammates there as well at this event. The guy from Weyburn ends up taking five players from my team except for me. Not only that, another <laughs> – our goalie – our goalie, Yeah, our goalie ends up going to Flin Flon uh, of that league, which at the time, the SJHL, which was the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, was a powerhouse, which was feeding a lot of the universities. So, you know, I was I thought that was the start of my – my dream and it's funny how it kind of works that there's all these paths that you thought you were going to go down weren't the ones you go down and you end up it ends up leading to something better i ended up going to pembroke 
Uh, Pembroke ends up being awesome, lives, lives in great families. Pembroke at the time, I just bounced from that. My brother was being drafted, pro, uh, uh, sorry, Victoriaville uh, Tigers. And at the time, they convinced us to, you know, we used to get a couple grand. If you played major junior, they'd help you with our university, right? They'd give you was yeah. 3500 I think it was, Matt, back in the day. Well, they would give me more. Uh, so that was kind of the way to convince me of not going to the States and play with my brother and play major junior. And, well, it's just kind of that hockey, like you said, just kind of, it was my style. It just, it, your style, which led you to your path. For me, it was that kind of pro hockey style, which wasn't, was a little different than the, 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 the CJHL or the SJHL. It was a little bit more, more like pro hockey, a little bit more physicality, a little bit more intimidation, a little bit more all that stuff that makes pro hockey so special. And it went funny enough. I, I wasn't ever thinking of going pro, but I was thinking of university again. Yeah. Um, long winded answer. I ended up going from junior St. Francis, Xavier, uh, try it with the New York Rangers. And, uh, it was, I thought I'd play in the East Coast, and 17 games in after making the American Hockey League, I get called up to play with the New York Rangers, and it was just, I was a kid in a candy store for about seven years. It was awesome. It's unbelievable. You go there. Uh, Dale McTavish, who ended up owning the Pembroke Lumber Kings, was the coach of my yeah. son there. He went to Canadian University. He went to St. FX and then right. played a little bit, was, was, was along that path, then went to play pro in Europe. So there are so many different ways. Joel Ward played in Canadian University. And for those that, like, we pay attention to the Notre Dames and, and, and we look at Penn State and, and, and BU and so many great players come out of there, but – Canadian University is damn good hockey. You're getting guys that played four, five years in the in the Q and in the Ontario Hockey League and the Western Hockey League. It's damn good hockey. And for those that don't know, rookies in that league or freshmen are 21 years old. And that's the I went out to. So I went. I went to Saint Evacs like Dale, and I went back on that as my buddy Brad Peddles, a coach, and I've gone on with the team a couple times and, and been out to see them play and. They are so good. Like like you just, they're all, I, I don't want to discourage someone that's not a major junior player. Yeah. But they're all major junior players. That it, You know how hard it is to make it to the National Hockey League? Well, there's all these major junior players that now with the great, I think, encouragement by the leagues to go to university after, that they get funds to go to university. And the Canadian University Hockey is they're starting at 21, like you said. So they're bigger and stronger bodies than in the States because a lot of them start at 17, 18, 19 there. And they've been playing that pro-style hockey of juniors. So it, it is unbelievable hockey. And out East is, some, um, you know, St. Mary, St. Francis Xavier, Acadia. UNB is in there every year. It's, it's a great league, um, but it's great all over Canada. And it's a great option after junior hockey. At least they don't drink and party down east either. No, so you, not at all. you focus solely on your schooling. Holy, there's nothing in this. I'm, see how I hide it in a coffee mug? See? <laughs> now, this is a pro. This that's is a pro. A, I can veteran. <laughs> veteran. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I talked with Jimmy Dowd last week. I, I had him on. I had him one year in, in Chicago. Unbelievable guy. Never realized he had 92 points his third year in 46 games 
in NCAA, played with Dougie Wade at, at Lake Superior State. But then he, he needed to change his style to be a defensive center in the National right. Hockey League. I talked to Billy Guerin this year in interviewing him, just saying how kids say they'll do anything when, when you draft them or when you talk to them. But will they do anything? Was that your mindset going to the American League with, with the New York Rangers and, and having that opportunity? A lot of people say they'll do anything, but to truly do anything, especially at your size. I, I, yeah. mo- most guys, 190 pounds wouldn't fight me. I know they wouldn't fight you. So we had to go up to fight guys 220, 230, right. 240. How was that at your size? How did you approach that? Were you scared and just doing anything to play in the National Hockey League? Yeah, I shit my pants all the time, of course. <laughs> but, like, rewind to I'm coming in after you, and it's funny that I'm starting in Victoria, but when, in that hockey, like, CJHL was an amazing experience, yeah. but it's not the same as it's full cage. And But Junior, and they were telling me, you know, what was your diet when you were playing? And how much did you play weigh in junior? I was like 160 to 163 yeah. in junior. And my diet, my diet was whatever, whatever someone gave me. Yeah. <laughs> McDonald's and, and, and pizza. But, and you were, you were fighting everyone. So it's kind of, it's, it's easy for the big guys to do it because they're supposed to be successful. Um, it's sorry. It's never easy to do. I don't mean it that way. Um, but I think it's also, you need a different mindset for a smaller person. I shouldn't have said it's easy for a big guy. It's never easy for anyone yeah, yeah. to do that job. I, it just, as I'm thinking it, um, but it would have been nice. It, it would have been nice for us to be able to fight guys, 120 pounds. Then that now, now you, man, we have been tough. No, but it's, it's such a different mindset, right? You just have to, you like, I, I would get, I was never nervous in the fight. I was nervous before the fight. And especially the night before a game, uh, not so much in junior because it's, it's happening so much, but you have a night before you play. Now, when you were in Buffalo and you had you, Rob Ray, Brad May on, on, a, on the bench, and, and then, you know, when you're uh, Chicago, there's Proberts, and you look at – uh, name a team that Flyers had three guys, Jersey had three guys. Yeah, I mean, that's it's a now. I'm like you said, we're looking up to the big guys, thinking how bad they can hurt us. It's it's not the other way. What just happened? What, what just happened? What, yeah, did I just see a guy in a Bruins jersey? And uh. <laughs> I, I, I got to bring in a special guest, a, a special I, guest, just... a, a special guest is joining unfiltered with Matthew Barnaby today. Uh, special guest, come on in and uh, join the convo here. Uh, PJ, can you guess who is in the Boston Bruins jersey with the mask on? I, I can't. I lost him. Sure, can I have him for a second? It looked like an aardvark. Uh, for one thing, had a gas mask on, quarantine life, I get it. He kind of is an aardvark. I'm not sure if he can figure out on 
how to get into this conversation. We'll, we'll, we'll delay him. I want to go back to you as he tries to maneuver this Zoom thing. A little tough for, for some people okay. out there. Des, but, get, des, um, anyways, yeah, I shit my pants before every fight. I was scared to death and warm-up scared the night, the night before. I don't know how much you can swear on this thing, but I'm sitting out as much as you want. Bar- okay. Fuck yeah, ball no, shit. I, yeah. I, I, before every game, I, I'd be so nervous. But in the moment, I had confidence. It's hard to explain. I was so nervous getting to that moment. Once I was in that moment, are you a Bruins number one? Are you in the bathroom? Who, I don't know who just jumped on. Are you taking He's a sit or masturbating? Me. Just uh, can you hear us? Can you hear us? Yeah. You can hear yeah. us. Yeah. yeah. Is PJ Stock your favorite player? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I know he's, he's, he's your favorite player. PJ, can you guess who is in the Boston Bruins uniform? He is your number one fan. I love him. I love him. He's my favorite player. Favorite player. Does, does he have a great beard? How, how good is PJ's beard? Oh, it's awesome. It's really awesome. I look at him. He's so sexy. So sexy. <laughs> do, do, do you got to guess, PJ? Okay, how how uh, great's his beard? Boston, um, you look a little bit like Shrek meets uh, Jameson. Give me, give me a, a hint of, is it a player that's played or is it a, a someone that's worked? Or is it, it's a know? person... It's a player that's played. Um, tough, tough, very tough. Not, 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 oh, not very smart. Brad May. Oh, shit. Yeah, I shouldn't have said not very smart. Yeah, Everyone yeah, always goes to Brad May when we say yeah. not very smart. Uh, small dick. Showered with him a Brad couple May. times. Brian May? Not Brian May again. No, sorry. I thought you might go Jim McKenzie. We all know the hammer time. Uh, <laughs> oh, that, that, I'd be more afraid. I, I actually sho- I, I walked down and showered with Jim in Winnipeg only because I had to see it after hearing it for 25 years. But no, how about Stanley Cup champion? Who would, I don't know a Stanley Cup champion that would actually – Kobe Armstrong. No, no. Okay, how about loves chocolate chip cookies? Oh yeah, absolutely. He's got, what's going on with this guy? They change up his mask. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm we gotta gotta keep a. Uh, can you give us a hint on who you are? Listen to me. I'm gonna tell you something. I know some sick people in my life. This guy is the craziest, wildest bastard I ever met in my life. Oh, this man. guy? This guy is out of his mind. What's mm-hmm. going on, you fucking Whoa. crazy motherfucker? Thought he was gonna eat my dick. I was tough as fuck. I was tough as fuck. Yes. Tough as fuck. Likes chocolate cookies. Small penis. Not smart. Uh, chocolate chip cookies. Stanley Cup champ. Not smart. Spell français? Yes, totally, by the accent. Lui, tu parles français en bas? Un petit peu. 
I, I asked for those that are listening in English, everyone is, if he speaks French, and he said yes. Someone's alarm's going, hold on, hold the fort, hold the fort. This is fucking beautiful. Fuck, he's dumb as fuck, eh? Turn, turn your camera. Oh. Oh, there you go. That helps out a tad. There, there we go. There we go. What, what number is 34? Who is 34? Is that Miller? Lyndon Byers. Lyndon Byers. Lyndon Byers. Yeah. That's Lyndon Byers. Well, yeah, but I, <laughs> Stanley Cup champ, Lyndon doesn't have a... No, it, 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 it's not a Boston Bruin. Never played in Boston. Yes, I did. Oh, you did. That's right. Because I, I remember I, I met one of your friends in Providence. That's right. That's right. That's right. You wore 34 there. No, 49. No. 49. 49. Doug Duell. Doug Duell, another tough guy. Played in Belleville, but no. How about war number 36 with the Tampa Bay Lightning and his French-Canadian? Oh, no. <laughs> Why Unveiled. You, it's like the mask singer. Why are you me with Frenchie? Is that a thong you got on your face or what? Is it your okay, wife's? Right. I'm hoping it's your wife's. Yeah, that's my uh, mask when I go to the groceries, SAQ. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, DJ, it's Wazzy. And that one on me. You know, uh, you look good. Look at, look at uh, you. You've been working out, eh? Welcome, welcome, welcome to Unfiltered with Matthew Barnaby, Andre Waugh. Oh, Jesus. Uh, okay, I need more scotch. More scotch. It, it, do, we have, do we have some scotch in there? It's funny, when I asked you to come on, you're like, hey, we, we got to do this before six. I, I, I might be torqued if this, gets, if, if this gets past six. Andre, how are you, buddy? How are you? Very good, very good. How are you guys doing? We're good. You look good, buddy. You do look good. Trying to, trying to, you know, just, uh, I've been drinking a lot. I got to say, you know, uh, just times at home here, kids and that, it, it's kind of gets long at times, you know, but uh, yeah, we try to keep ourselves busy like uh, as much as we can and uh, been working out a little bit. Yeah, I got to say, and uh, yeah, just banging a little bit, the wife and that, so. You giving her a little shot here and there? Another kid on the way? Oh, fuck no. I closed the shop a long time ago. Fucking. <laughs> Jesus. P PJ, uh, how, how, PJ, how many kids do you have? How, you, you have three girls? What? <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I'm trying to get Andrew, uh, Andre on here to say, I thought you said you're working out. I just saw part of your belly hanging out of your shirt. Oh, oh, geez. Uh, I, have, uh, I have four kids. You have four have kids. Four, four girls, though, right? No, my son's, uh, my son's 17 and then three daughters. That's the youngest right. being 12. So that, that's why I drink. That's, that's why I said, if you don't get me by six, you know I'm, I'm in the shitter. You're, you're in the shitter. Andre, Andre I, you guys aren't going to believe this, but... After my little incident in Nashville where I got jumped by fucking four bouncers, uh, I've only there. drank once in the last two and a half months. I 17 pounds down. I can see my dick. It, it, it's actually bigger than I thought. You, 
you don't uh how do you do it though like the not drinking thing that's it's, I, I don't care anyone that says you can have as much fun not drinking as you do <laughs> they're fucking liars it, it's not fun <laughs> it, it's fucking miserable yeah. it's miserable here, 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 here's what i do know though when you're stuck in quarantine for two and a half, three months, you're either getting divorced or you're marrying them or, or they're the one. Because my girl, my, my, my girlfriend, she's the one. I'm not even sick of her. When I retired in, in 07 and I had to be with my ex-wife every day, I was divorced within like six weeks. I was like, ah, uh-uh, done, done. <laughs> how, how are you guys handling a PJ? Well, I stay pickled. Stay I stay pickled. pickled. I think that's the secret. The secret is to just stay pickled. I uh, we're pretty lucky actually. This is we just where we where I live. We have a I have a cottage, but we weren't allowed to go to them. They just finally opened up the roads to come up here. So it was about two months, and you know this time of year is you got to you know whatever it's you got mice coming in. You got to check on things. What's floated away? First time since the winter. So we got up here. I, I have enough alcohol here to keep me through the weekend. So it's that's my secret to success, just staying pickled. But a, a good pickle. Like, not like a choking a bouncer out kind of pickled. You know what I'm saying? I, I have no idea what you're saying. I have no idea. <laughs> oh, give me give me in. If you're a fucking bouncer, guys, honestly, if you're a bouncer and four guys charge you and with a left hand, you're filing charges with a left hand? Aren't you a bouncer? Not that it happened, because it did not, but don't you expect, like, maybe at some point, like, I barely touched the guy because he charged me. Aren't you embarrassed as a fucking bouncer to press charges with a left hand? Like, I'm not, I, I, I'm not Joey Kosher grabbing you by the throat. I can tell you that. Thank you, Lord. People suing like that, they want money, man. That's all they, they know who you are. Like, fuck, I'm going to make money with this dude, no matter what you did or done to the guy or to whoever. So you got to be careful. But what what exactly happened there? You just got jumped by bouncers because you were fucking uh, doing the achy-breaky dance. At <laughs> <laughs> A little achy-breaky. No, I, I was actually sitting with my girlfriend at the bar in Nashville, and I put my hand around her throat. Like, just when we were joking, we were talking about a story. And oh. out of nowhere, a girl, like, came up to me and – started yelling at me thinking maybe that I was, I was abusing her, which it was, it, we were just, we were laughing and four guys literally charged at me and I'd have self, like, I just put my hand up. I didn't even, I didn't even choke him. I just put my hand up, but I, I might've grabbed him. Like I, it's one of those things that happened so quickly and I was on the ground. I mean, I have bruises. Like you, have, I did have bruises, uh, but honestly I can admit when I'm wrong, wow. I was not wrong here. And, there's a reason why it was totally dropped and gone away. Uh, certainly, I have to be smarter than even putting myself in that situation. I don't know if there was a way around it, but we all have to be be smarter. Um, that's, that's, you know, on that, on that, it, it's, I'm surprised there's not more of it that happens um, with, with the young players of today because of so much money that is out there. You know, the Austin Matthews case that came out in uh, Arizona last year, um, you know, when we were younger, it was a little, easy, little bit easier to be dumb because, well, there wasn't cameras. Like, even when we played pro, there wasn't that many cameras and microphones everywhere. Now, 
Now, now there's swearing everywhere, which was always there, but now you just yeah. hear it that much more. And and the off-ice stuff, like, these guys are kids. Like, they're 18, 19, 20 years old, and it's like... Love the it. Same What's that? They don't go out as much as, as we used to and put themselves in situation that they they can be either in trouble or film or whatever because of all the new new technology nowadays, right? Or it is crazy. Like it's it's hard to be like I went to college route, right? So I can imagine how how I was dumb, you know, chugging beers, eating pizzas, being a moron at university, and then it ends in what May in September or sorry November. I play my game with the Rangers, so I go from being a a beer chugging, you know, beer drinking game pizza moron guy to now you're a role model, and there was nothing in between that that really taught you how to do that, and it it happens like that. And we were lucky at the time there wasn't as many cameras catching people doing those things, but now. Like you said, listen, whatever happened, happened, but you can stew in the States for almost anything. Yeah. So it is kind of, I'm surprised there's not more of that, that because our society, it does often, unfortunately, we do often, you're a little bit guilty before you're innocent. That's unfortunately what, where we've moved on a little to. I'm just surprised there's not more of that. And I'm knocking on wood for all the young players in the game today that there isn't more of it. It, 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 it's a great transition. Like, look what happened with Lipstick and Roadwall. Look, we do not condone, and I know you guys. I, I wouldn't have you on if I didn't respect you guys. And we like to have fun. We like to have our cocktails. We love to be loud. We like to joke. But I, I know all of us, you know, we've all said things that we, we would not like to get out. What was said by those guys, we don't condone. But unfortunately for a guy like Lipstick, that – he might have lost six, seven million dollars in the end, being a fourth liner in the NHL. He's never playing in the National Hockey League again, ever. Yeah, it's kind of, and it's you know I have a, it's funny, it's I have a couple of buddies that are just regular guys, like not hockey guys, and um, one of the guys is like, well, PJ, why don't you defend them? And I'm like you can't defend stupidity yeah. like th that's kind of what happened here and listen guys talk to guys the way guys say things women talk to women about yeah. guys in a certain way behind closed doors that's kind of how we talk a certain way with our buddies behind closed doors and and but he comes out degrading women and and that's the pc world that we kind of live in and it's it looks it looks it it's bad he, there's no good thing about what he did um and it's unfortunately for him he's dumb enough to have it on his phone and my my buddy's like why well, i can't defend stupidity like yeah we've said some stupid stuff and i, I wish it'd be taken away and amen it's some of it has been but you're, unfortunately we live in a world right now where we write stuff and say stuff and you're held well, i'm sorry We've always been held accountable, but now someone can tap into your yeah. to your phones or tap into your. So you got to watch everything you do and everything you say. And unfortunately, you know you can't say stupid stuff and and be. I'm hoping I got stupid stuff on my phone too, but I'm just saying. Yeah. It just that's a different I, level that you got to make sure that isn't there. Barney, Barney, you 
thing that uh, this guy's done, his career's done, if a guy like uh, Mitch Marner or Austin Matthews, a, a bigger name, you know, in the game would have said the same things, would his career be done? Or, no. no. You know, no. probably not. No. It's an easy way to make an example out of a fringe player. If it happens to Ovechkin or Backstrom from them, they find a way to manipulate how the release is made. There, we, we know we all play on P.J. Stock, Andre Waugh, Matthew Barnaby. We yeah. played in the National Hockey League, but we didn't play with the same rules as Crosby and Ovechkin, Vanilla Cavalier, Joe Thornton. We, we don't play with the same rules. We know that as well. Yeah. It, it is, though, like – Different rules, yes, on a lot of things. Um, and it's it's just hard, you know, now that I – it's it's such a PC – you got to watch what you say about yep. women. you got to watch what you say about ethnicities. you got to watch – like, it's so – it's you don't have to watch it. Your brain should know that you can't really say it. Um, uh, you might say something on your breath at a certain time or what – you write it down, you're you're guilty for whatever, whatever the subject is. Here, it's women, and I don't I don't even know what his texts are. I shouldn't even be going on. I'm just I'm not defending it. I, yep. I, I unfortunately I don't know what it was all about, but I got daughters, um, wife, mom, sister. I can't encourage the stupidity whatsoever or defend it. I, I, I made I made I made a joke to my my girlfriend today. I go, uh, I'm going upstairs to cook us breakfast. I'm doing the women's work. And she oh, goes, that, nice. that, that, that's good because I'm putting together your fucking microphone because I always do the man's work around here because I'm so fucking unable to do anything. I am absolutely the worst. I'm actually the cleaner and the cooker and uh, the chef in the house. She puts together all the manual. I, I, I want to transition into the NHL, where we are um, during this COVID. We expect golf courses opened in Ontario, that makes my life beautiful. I, I, I'm actually, this is normalcy for me. I can play 36 a day. I can do a couple podcasts a week. I can have some drinks at home and talk to you guys and uh, hopefully not fuck up too bad. But one thing I do miss is, is NHL hockey, as I'm sure you guys do. And Andre, you travel a lot and cover guys and PJ, both in the media world. What do you think the NHL looks like um, as we approach probably in an announcement uh, that NHL is coming back and the playoffs uh, will start very soon. I, I don't see, I don't see the NHL finishing the season. I don't know. I know they've talked about it. There's an announcement, I guess, but I have a hard time seeing that guys haven't skated or the guys will probably get injured real quick. So I don't know. I, I would push it back to next year and do like the AHL did. Uh, East Coast League, most of the leagues, they just pulled the plug. It's sad, but that's the reality of things right now. But uh, I, I, I have a hard time seeing as much as, as I would like to see the NHL come back and see some playoffs. I have a hard time seeing uh, the, the NHL coming back and uh, pushing things into the a playoff round with teams battling uh, between each other. I don't know about PJ, but that's my I, point. I, I think, well, at the end of the day, it's dollars that are talking, right? I mean, the two yeah. biggest things that uh, that are happening, like we saw the NFL draft and the amount of coverage that it got and the possible advertising dollars that are out there. Um, and you've seen, like, 
I saw Matt with his Michael Jordan stuff lying around. There's there's Jordan. Everyone's watching Jordan right now because that's the closest thing we have to live sports. There's such um, a, a want and need for it, and they're just looking at the value of how they can help raise funds. The league, and you know what escrow is going to be, the owners, how much they're losing from season ticket sales, there's still that window of potentially advertising for playoff games. And that is something that they're looking at. So, you know, I understand it. I understand that it's a, it's a way of moving forward. Um, but I, I hope they don't jeopardize next year by trying to come up with a way to finish this year. And that's kind of one of the big things. And when you look at how many teams are thinking of putting in and how many, like if I'm a team like the finish the regular season is one thing. Um, if I'm a team like Buffalo or, or Ottawa or Detroit, I don't understand why you'd want to come back. Like you just said, players haven't been working out. Um, some players don't have weights. They can run so much, but then come back and play a two-month grind to the playoff after being off for three months. I, I, I can't see the long-term benefits besides financial. I, I hope there's a certain way. I hope a young player isn't going to lose so much on escrow because it could be 30 to 40% of your contract. Let, 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 yeah, let, let, let's not kid ourselves. It, it is all financial. It's always financial. We're, yeah. We know we're pieces of meat in general. It's about the bigger dollars. And you bring up the NFL, PJ. That draft drew like 18 or 19 million viewers. And I'm hearing that the sports nets and the NBC are dying for an NHL draft for that money, for that viewership. And I don't think any regular season should be brought in. I think we should extend it as much as they probably just want to keep the integrity of the 16 teams. Push it to 24. Make it that have those guys in so there's no more regular seasons. The Ottawa's don't have to worry. The Detroit's don't have to worry about coming back. They get time to prepare. And I don't want to jeopardize next year. I don't want to take two years and and fuck up two years worth of hockey rather than one. So any way we can make it work on that point, then we'd see how how long do you think? For me, I think three weeks it would take to get back into shape if I was – if, if we were playing, three weeks is kind of the magic number for me. Andre. Yeah, just because PJ was talking about guys are working out. Yeah, they are. But being on the ice every day, that, and then just come back at a com- competitive level, it's tougher. So definitely at least two to three weeks. And guys are, are in good shape. It's not like they, they all, like, gain a tons of pounds. You know, I think that guys would be ready to go two, three weeks. But, uh, like, I, I would love to see it for sure. But I don't know if uh, it, it's a possibility. I think, uh, you know, I heard the number 24 float, floating around. That's just too many bodies uh, of potential people around that could potentially – that's just more numbers-wise of higher, higher risk – of uh, passing on the virus. And, you know, I think one of the issues, the league, I understand why they did it, but now I think they regret it was letting all the players go home to their respective countries because now every, I mean, province to province is different, let alone country to country. Uh, You know, what's going on in the States right now, that everything's different. So you're going to have to bring those players in, quarantine them. You're going to have to quarantine all the people that are around the teams for at least two weeks plus 
Um, and then you're going to have to run a, a three-week training camp if you want to do that. Now we're up to at least, you know, a month and a bit. Um, so then you want to play, you know, playoffs. It's already two months pretty much if you do the 16 teams. So I, I think there's a, a, a way that you got to kind of maybe do – I'd probably do this. Uh, if you look at the Eastern Conference right now, it's it, – Columbus is at 81 points in the eighth spot. Islanders have 80, and the Rangers have 79. So maybe do like in, in uh, baseball, you have that one-game wild card. That would be yeah. just kind of – if everyone would watch that, think of the money for that game. And then you can maybe have those teams advance. Maybe make the first round three out of five. Um, I'm just thinking you don't need the two-month grind because, again, the money for now was important. But the health of the players, I think, is more important. And I think the future of next year for a lot of players is the biggest uh, importance out of all of this. How, how sad. We, we talk about the, the NFL draft, and it, 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 was, it was awesome. It was awesome. Even though I don't agree that a lot of guys, when we have the regular draft, they fucking show up in $200,000 worth of bling all over the place. This was actually a nice spot where they were in track suits and sitting at home. Um, my draft was in Montreal in 1992. We know. You guys live in Montreal. Fucking unbelievable spot. feel bad that these guys don't get to go out in Montreal after their draft. But uh, what do you think the draft looks like um, that way? Do you think they just copy 100% unequivocally like the NFL draft? And uh, you guys both live in Montreal. You both follow Montreal, the Canadians. What do they need going forward out of this draft? And uh, where do you grade this team right now? Uh, Okay, well, first off, I... I um, the, the draft is interesting for me because I really have a hard time thinking that they can do it before they go back and start playing. Um, because, let's just take the Montreal Canadiens, for example. Where they are, I think, they're in a real poor position. Uh, they're missing uh, – they're, they're kind of stuck in a, like a retooling, rebuilding phase with part of the team. And then they also have the veterans on the team that are kind of need to kind of win now because by the time the youth catches up, they could be a little long in the two. So it's, it's kind of – they've been compiling all these uh, draft picks for the last few years uh, that are for now and next year that there's a chance that you can bundle some of them up and go to a team that's kind of salary cap crunched like a Tampa Bay, like a Toronto, and say, we'll take one of your superstars off your hand. Here's some money, here's, uh, and here's some draft picks. And, and I can see that happening for a team like Montreal. But now, because these teams are all still in the playoffs – you can't take those players away from them. Though, like the, a, a team, the season's not over. So you can't make those, I mean, draft day and trade deadline day are the two biggest days uh, where people get traded. And they're taking one away with the draft. I know why they want to do it, um, but I just think the long-term ramifications of doing it could set teams back. A team like, like, like the Montreal Canadiens, they're missing that offensive sniper. They're missing that left-handed defenseman to play on the top two pairing. They're missing a number one center. They're missing a few things. And this was a year, in my opinion, where they could have taken a lot of that, added it together with maybe another player, and made a trade for something. They're not going to get that opportunity because the teams that are salary cap crunch, they're still playing anyway. So they're not going to take a player off their roster. So I'm not exactly sure how the whole thing's going to work out. Andre? 
great, great uh, perspective from PJ there, but I think Barney, uh, if they'll probably want to go in the same path as the NFL for their draft, probably, you know, it was like you said, it was a success, I think, from that standpoint. Oh. Um, yeah, but it's after the season, right? They're in the lull of the season. This is the whole problem. It's the draft happens after the season, prior to July one, and you know what you have. The problem is if you want to, you can't really move players now. Uh, so you're kind of jammed. Yeah, you're just picking players that are part of your team, but you can't move anybody. So you're kind of in a pickle. I mean, well, the teams that have. At the draft day, you're allowed to make some moves, right? Between uh, teams and that, and signings, stuff like that, right? Yeah. You are, but you can't move a player if you're still going to come back and play. So let's say I'm Montreal, and I want to trade with Toronto. I'm just making this up. Uh, Toronto realized their salary cap crunch. They have to move uh, one of the big players. So the, Toronto just made the run. They lost in the first round. They realized they need someone else on defense, and their salary cap crunched. So they have to move on to their big four. Who can really afford them? Well, Canadians are going to offer their first round, second, two second round players, and a and a and a player. So the Canadians can now take on. I'm just making this up. Mitch Marner. Okay, so it doesn't affect the Toronto Maple Leafs. They still get all their they, – now they get a first, a couple seconds, and a player. They know where they are on drafting. They know where on July 1. They prepare for the next season. The problem is they can't make any of those personnel changes now because they're actually still playing. So it kind of handicaps yeah. a team like the Canadians. They can't trade their draft picks for a player because that player can't leave that team because he's in, they're still in the playoffs. So it's, it's, it's going to be interesting. By, by the time this gets to Twitter, by the way, everyone's going to say, okay, PJ just traded Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner yeah. for Cuck and Yemi. Picks. <laughs> That'll be the way to hit it. There's so much, again, so many variables. We're going to see how I think the NHL does come back. I think money's too big. I think we do see a Stanley Cup champion. I do think it has an asterisk. And Sidney Crosby said, hopefully the integrity of the NHL um, isn't compromised because it's it's the hardest trophy to win. I, I wanted to ask you guys a few questions just career-wise because anyone that's listening is going to want to hear these things from you guys. Uh, PJ, starting with you, then Andre will go one, two. Toughest guy you've ever fought? Oh, they're all tough. They're every one of them. I can't compliment one by, by disrespecting any others, but I'll give Brad May love. Uh, not Brad May, sorry, uh, Rob Ray, some love, because Rob landed like a lucky 17 rights in a row that broke my face. So uh, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give Rob some love. Andre. Same here. I always get that question, and it's tough to answer because all the guys at that level, they're all the toughest in the, in the world on skates, basically. So, man, they're all tough, and, and, and sometimes you prepare differently, but – one guy that we don't people don't talk uh, much about and that buckled me pretty good was Paul Laus in Florida. I, oh, I yeah. was 
all Laos for, for his size. Fuck, he was tough, man. He, he could, uh, but obviously the George Larocs, Derek Bugar, Ty Domi, pound for pound. Those guys, uh, Chris Simon too, you know, those guys were pretty, uh, so many tough guys, but uh, yeah. Uh, Paul Laos uh, hit me pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Barney, who's yours? He, the, the hardest I ever got hit was Darren McCarty. I, f I forgot he was a lefty, not one of my brighter decisions I've ever made in my life. Yeah. I grabbed the right and I got fed with fucking 30 consistent lefts. So it's the hardest I've ever been hit. Todd Fedoric hit me pretty hard. Uh, I'd say Stu Grimson or Zdeno Chara. Uh, just just like I couldn't get at him at all. I just I just couldn't get at them. I was swinging at air. So uh, just just knowing and wasn't I wasn't afraid of those guys like to fight them I sh and, and, and I say that with all respect the guys that scared the shit out of me and I never fought them Paul Laos was one of them yeah. there, there, there was something about him with Joey Kosher yeah. and Tony Twist exactly. I, I remember Tony Twist asked me to fight one and I said not a fucking chance never <laughs> never never Razor ended up fighting him, and you talk about breaking a face, broke his orbital bone, eight weeks on the sidelines. Not, uh, not, not a great plane ride home I had with Razor as he just fucking glared at me because he was so pissed that I fired up uh, the, the, the twister. Best hockey player, most talented, the most talented I've ever played with is either Mario or underrated Alexei Kovalev, PJU. Kovalev, Kovalev is, is – I just wish – his east-west game was unbelievable. His skill set was unbelievable. Just not enough north-south. If he could find a way, like, he used to remind me a little bit of Allen Iverson with his crossover. He can bring the puck from one side of his body so quickly across the other body. The problem is he didn't have enough of that once I've crossed it over to take that step forward. He loved to, like, go side to side and can do whatever he wants. If he had a little bit more... I, I don't want to say this in the wrong way, but if he had a little more drive, if he didn't tear his heartilage, if it, if he had a little bit more drive towards the net in him, um, I think he could have been one of the best players to almost ever play the game with his skill set. Yeah, I, I think uh, if I look on my part, uh, obviously Marty St. Louis was pretty inspiring, but uh, I, I, I have to go with Sid in Pittsburgh. I was there his rookie year. Just a strong, strong – we see him every day. Eh? He's just so strong, fast on the puck. Uh, he has a good vision of the game. I think Sid uh, was one of the – and one guy that we, we – forget I played in Ottawa with was Marion Osa. I always liked sure. Osa. Like, he skated fast, he explode, could score goals to... So, Osa pretty skilled, too, for uh, uh, yeah, for a Slovak in play. <laughs> uh, you, you know what? A guy that I know he won tons of Norris's, but I think he made the game... Lidstrom made the game look so easy and him playing against the best players every night just he he didn't ever take a crossover. He was so smart skill set wise. I, that's why I like the Kovalev. Um, but Lidstrom, the way he thought the game and played the game was 
just you sit there like wow like it's like effortless almost and here he is playing in every moment against the best players all the time and it was just he, he was one of those guys that I I'd love I just watch him play it was just it was like I, I, I've been practicing it on the ice every day as well why can't I do this stuff <laughs> so some of those guys were pretty fun to watch Kovalev would play Kovalev would play us after practice me Dale Puritan and Sandy McCarthy we'd usually play three on three, right? Yeah. He, he'd take us on one on three and <laughs> fucking beat us. Like, he, it was just ridiculous. I always, I always said if, if he really, really wanted to, and I, he was a great player. It, when he decided he was going to play, I remember sitting on the bench sometimes when I played in Pittsburgh with him and just going, fucking hitting whoever was on the bench with me because he'd go to his backhand on the power play. He played the point. And I'd be like, watch this, watch this. And he'd get it on his backhand, and the guy would, like, fucking beeline towards him and then cut back to the middle of the ice. Guy would always just pound right in. He'd bite it fucking hard right into the wall because he was just so talented. Guys would overcommit. Uh, best rookie party. My best rookie party is Arizona. I don't know if you can see it or it's not there. Uh, I had a hole in one. I was fucking bombed. But our rookie party, $56,000. 56 now. <laughs> we had a little extracurricular activity going on and we played golf and we had limos and we charged it all to the rookies. Um, but your best rookie party. $6,000. Yeah. We all, all the veterans, it was so good. We chipped in $500 a piece. Everyone, but Tommy Barrasso wouldn't chip in 500 fucking dollars, but famous words of old school. We had an awesome time, Frank, 56 grand. <laughs> Thank God, no cell phones. I'll tell you, the whole Pittsburgh Penguins team would not be playing. They would have been kicked out of the National <laughs> Hockey League. Bills uh, uh, were always fun, though. I always liked them, but I got to say, with Tampa, we had one in Montreal. And just because there was a couple of Frenchies from here, we, we knew where to go, who to call, and so with Vinny, me, <laughs> Louis, anyway, Vinny knew a lot of people and put something pretty good together. It was a fun night, fun, fun time for all the guys for sure. <laughs> but there any, were any, any good rookie parties? Yeah, they're, you know what? They're just a. It's fun because you're like you just. It's almost like you're having that great steak, that great wine, which we always kind of did. But you're just jabbing the young guys like it's it's like for this and just like it's for those that don't know it's the rookie party is the, the first year players take the veterans out to we normally fix up a night where we go we have the best of the best of the best and we make these young kids play for them so young kids we were all young kids and all had to do it once but I just remember my first one mine I had to, it was twenty one thousand for our team. And uh, I paid three thousand five hundred, and my credit card max was only a thousand. So uh, I, I had to borrow a bunch of people's cards and pay guys back over time. My mine was nine hundred Canadian uh, in Winnipeg, at the at the steakhouse there. All the veterans were so hungover from the night before in the Roxy. So our, our bill was $900 Canadian. The, the total bill was like $2,700. I remember it was me, Michael Pekka, and I think Jason Daw. 
but the reason why, all the veterans were so fucking hungover from the night before. If me and Pex and Dozzy didn't drink so much, it probably would have been like 500 bucks. It was crazy. <laughs> Those are three good names. That was a great team back then. We had an awesome. Great group. I think that's a great, that is a great team. That's a great team back then. All right. Uh, we're going to play, we're going to play Is It or What Is It? Okay, I'm going to name a thing. I'm going to start with you, Andre. Do you grill or barbecue? I barbecue. You barbecue. PJ. Grill. You grill. Come on, that's fucking simple. That's simple. A barbecue is actually the thing, Andre, that you use. You grill your feud. You don't fucking... Barbecue, you grill, you grill, grill your food. So next time you say, hey, do you want to come over for a barbecue? We're yeah. going to grill. We say here in French, we say we'll do some barbecue. Barbecue is grilling. It's part of the grill and that barbecue. Bam. Bam. Okay, you're wrong on that one. Okay. Andre. Pineapple or... Pineapple. <laughs> Pineapple. Pineapple. Uh, do, do, you, do you phone PJ or do you call PJ? Okay, I call PJ. Is that good? You yeah. call PJ. I know you always say I phone you. <laughs> I phone you. Good answer. But it's, it's actually, for French and English, like it's funny how the words kind of, uh, the words kind of in, in English they're one way and the reverse in French. So it is kind of funny. How, uh, yeah. Blow your nose. Yeah. <laughs> Blow your nose with your wife's uh, thong. How, how does it smell? Does it smell good? Oh, yeah. Is she, is she, is she getting the quarantine beard going somewhere else or no? Oh, she's, uh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, oh is she, I think you're looking. Oh, she's right there. Oh, tabarnak. Oh. Oh, baby. No, I don't want to see that. Um, do, you, do you guys say Fahrenheit or Celsius? Just keep me out of prison right now. Jeez, Andre, keep your pants on, please. Okay. I will. Keep your pants on. And last one, Andre, first annual or inaugural? And I want you to say inaugural. 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 What, what does inaugural mean? It's uh, a, a day that you, uh, something new, a new chapter, inaugural. Right? Inaugural, for, yeah, yeah. PJ. Yeah. Fucking right. But you know what? Back to your barbecue. I'm going bar to barbecue some stuff. Eh, grill it. No. No, you're going to grill it. I'm trying to defend Andre. I'm trying to defend Andre on some of these. No, DJ, I, DJ, you know some some French guys in Montreal that will say, "Hey, we'll have a we'll barbecue some some." Yeah, 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 know, yeah no, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. I I'm, I know we. It's the real term is grill. You know, I know. Sorry, but we we just uh, I didn't expect to get carved because I go with barbecue. <laughs> but uh, anyways, the food tastes the same. So. Uh, <laughs> that's the point that's the bottom line 
Oh. PJ, fa favorite NHL memory, and thank you guys for joining Unfiltered with Matthew Barnaby. People love to hear your stories and, and love to hear about NHL, where we're going. Um, but favorite NHL story, just is it your first game? Is it just uh, favorite uh... fight? Obviously, your fight with uh, Stephen Peters, something always people talk about. But your memory, your favorite memory of playing in the National Hockey League? I think it was probably the first time I got called up to the New York Rangers and walking in and there's Gretz and Leach and Richter and Patty Lafontaine. Uh, you know, I just, I look back to that moment of guys that I played with, but the uh, training camp is one thing because they kind of like, they're veterans. You're like this kid, but then once you're part of the group, the, them coming over and like Adam Graves shaking your hand and big Bookaboom shaking your hand and moments like that. I just, I can I can't remember tons, but I remember those moments, and that's a real special one for me. Was, was that the same time, uh, PJ, when you drove at Madison Square Garden in your car there that you had jun or Junior? Or... My, my Taurus. <laughs> my Taurus. <laughs> they hey. wouldn't let me in to the facility. <laughs> You're like, I, I, I'm an NHL, I'm an NHL player. I'm like, sure you sure are. Sure you are. Sure you are. <laughs> Garden and Sport Torres, the security didn't want to let him in. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, bud. Thanks. I love it. Uh, Andre, you're, you're a Stanley Cup party. You're, you're a Stanley Cup champion. Obviously, that's your going to be your yeah. favorite memory. We could talk about the draft. We could talk about so many different things, but you won um, the epitome of what we all try to do, the Stanley Cup. Tell us about your Stanley Cup party and how uh, how that was. And your, your fucking Twitter profile, it's you and fucking Hulk Hogan. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, so many good memories. Obviously, the draft, my first goal, uh, first fight, whatever, but the cup, I can't go uh, wrong. My first shower with Ray Bork when I first went to the NHL camp, that was awesome. Ray uh, Bork naked with me in the shower. Uh, but but the Stanley Cup, for sure. I mean, uh, what a day, seriously. I, I, I got the cup here around 9 a.m. Uh, I had, obviously, friends, uh, just family, just family in the morning for two hours, my brothers, my dad, whatever. So from there, I went to the golf course by my house. I took an helicopter. Uh, my buddy had that set up for me. So the, the pilot was actually Guy Lafleur from uh, Hall of Famer, Montreal Canadian. <laughs> I, I didn't even know. I go there, I see Guy Lafleur all dressed up in his suit. I was like, hey, Flower, what's going on? Are you, are you coming? He's like, I'm the pilot. I was like, no way. Are you kidding me? Fucking right. So anyway, so Flower brought me to my hometown, which was about 20 minutes in the air. I landed there, did some signing autographs, and then I took the cup to Mont Tremblant, which is uh, – the equivalent of BAM for, uh, I don't yeah. know, a nice little uh, people probably know Montreal, blah, but an hour and a half up north Montreal. I got a knock. Hold on. So, yeah, I had, uh, I had uh, a big party there um, with, um, I got a bar all set up for friends, family, had a band there, and uh, yeah, had a big party and party all night there, so. That was uh, that was quite fun. You're you're obviously in the media. You get to see these young kids. Money aside, how different is for these young kids as opposed to 
what what we played in fun wise when you when you go to visit these guys again money aside we we're all gonna pick making three million over a million or five hundred thousand poor poor NHL guys but what's the difference you see in going to see and what you do traveling from city to city interviewing guys that's just uh, they all they're all well paid nowadays we all know that but from my era Nowadays, guys are so worried about image with all the media, social media. I think uh, guys, they don't want to look bad. And now it's all uh, the PR guys. They control everything. They come in. We, we ask for a player to do something with him fun. Obviously, we do on the NHL. And uh, the PR controls pretty much everything. And uh, it's like you got 15 minutes in the locker room or you can go in the concourse or are you serious? When I played, I used to bring the guys at my house, have them, uh, you know, guys that would come and want to do an interview from Montreal, whatever. Or, you know, I take the time to do something fun and good if you're going to do it. Now it's basically a... Uh, and my show is it's sort of like Cabby does. You know, I like to do something different than just the mic and the face and talking about the – so I try to just get the guys out of their comfort zone, but it's not easy. It seems like guys now, they're, they're all about video games, Fortnite, and uh, Tinder, swipe left and right. <laughs> it's crazy. Just right. a different sure nowadays. My my son, I had that conversation with my son. My son's twenty two years old, so like he's banging. Like my 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 biggest worry every single day is that I'm going to be a grandparent within nine months. Like I wake up every fucking morning going, my daughter's nineteen, my son's twenty two. I'm like, fuck, don't make me a grandparent before I'm at least fifty. And he goes, Dad, Dad you're so stupid. He goes, you guys go to spend hundreds and thousands of dollars at bars trying to get laid he goes oh we do <laughs> swipe right swipe right girl shows up in and out within a oh. minute things are over move on next one he goes now we got now we got tinder premium he goes i have about four thousand girls just waiting for covid to end he goes I'm going to be tired. He goes, that's going to be my training for the rest of rest of the summer. So I know your kids are a little younger. They're getting there. I know we all have the same concerns, but uh, anything you want to say, guys, before I let you go, you've been gracious with your time. I know it's, uh, it's trying times for everyone. You guys are great family guys, great dads, and appreciate you being on here. But anything uh, in closing here, Peach? Just hope everyone, uh, we get through this and, Get through this soon, and, you know, just thanks for having us on. And it's crazy times we're living in right now, but knock on wood, we're, I'm health, healthy, my family's healthy, and uh, getting through this. That's why I got the old scotch in the coffee mug. Yeah. Well said. Yeah, same thing here. I know it's a, it's a long process. I think everybody needs to be patient and follow pretty much what what is said, you know, just to be careful with uh, socializing and being big groups. And, and, and I think we're going to get out of this at one point. And, uh, you know, uh, we're, all, we're all in this together. So we just got to be patient and, uh, patient and we'll come out uh, on this stronger, everybody. Thanks for joining, guys. Hey, all I'm going to say is quarantine has done us well. 
PJ's got a beard. He looks a lot better with a fucking beard on. And uh, Andre, with your mask, go back well to your done. radio shoe model. Thanks, guys. Have a great, Cheers, uh, have a great night. All right. See you, guys. Cheers, nice boys. Beer. Thank you. That was PJ Stock and Andre Wall. Andre is a fucking beauty. I've interviewed him before for Unfiltered with Matthew Barnaby, where he sings the Russian national anthem. He tells his cookie joke where he sticks a cookie between his ass uh, right before game seven of the Stanley Cup finals when they do win with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, Marty St. Louis, a lot, of, a lot of great jokes. So if you want to hear some of his funny stories, go to that episode. It's great. PJ, uh, just an awesome dude. Like I said, pound for pound, one of the toughest guys to ever play in the league. Golf's back. I'm excited. I'm happy. Playing 36 almost every day this week. It's time for me to get out. I know I love my girlfriend very much. No, she loves me, but I think she's counting down the hours that I get onto that golf course as well. We got UFC to gamble on this week. We got Tiger next week. We have DJ and McElroy and Ricky Fowler this weekend. So should be awesome. Can't wait to get to Cool Bet. I'm absolutely rocking it. And uh, next week we'll also have our last episodes of the last dance and we will continue as i'm sure an announcement is coming very soon on the nhl and what they are going to do in the playoffs so for everyone be healthy be safe thank you to our frontline workers everyone keeping us safe out there have a great week and more on unfiltered with matthew barnaby very soon